Hi there, boys and girls. It's Fantasy Focus Baseball for Thursday, September 9th, 2021. Joined, as always, by fantasy savant Tristan Happy Cockcroft. The versatile Kyle Sapi produces and researches. I am merely Eric Carabao. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, we just spent the last five minutes pre-show talking about Adam Duvall, Jesus Aguilar, Chase Headley. The RBI category is a very interesting category. And I just, you know, like nobody thinks that Adam Duvall is having a great season, but you know, Jose Breu could could lead the league in RBI for the third straight year. When's the last time that happened? A long yeah. time ago, right? Yeah, I, I, we're <laughs> we're continuing our geeky stats of the day riff that we had before the show. Yeah, George Foster, seventy six to seventy eight. It looks like it's amazing. Unless somebody did across leagues, and I'm just missing a guy. That's the last who did three. Years it's hard before. to do, but it's also it's an opportunity stat. I wrote about it today. I mean, Bryce Harper's having a much better season than Jose Breu, but. But because he has 40 fewer RBI, nobody knows it. It's just amazing to me. Let's get into lots of topics today. We're just going to riff today and for the rest of the season uh, because there's no act like one guy that we have to talk about other than <laughs> Frank Schwindel. But other than that, I don't think we have to talk about Who? Who? What? Where? <laughs> I've heard of him. Has anyone else? Yes, he's the most added player in ESPN leagues. And yeah. a famous discussion on this show a couple of weeks ago where Christian Yelich had a two-homer game. And not since. And Schwindel is the most added player right now. Is that, he, I'm, I, I told you. I told you before the show. I'm really happy that some guy somewhere recommended that I add Schwindel to my Christian Yelich team because that's really made the difference in my playoff race. I wish I knew who that was so I could thank him for the pickup. <laughs> I do too. I wish I knew who it was. Nobody on this show. Um, I mean, we could look at the other ad drops. There's some interesting names. I'm surprised that Jonathan VR is still available in 50% of ESPN Standard. You know, he ended up having a decent season. You know, power speed yeah. combination, a little underrated, eligible three spots, still available in a lot of leagues. I thought he was drafted in almost every league. He must have been dropped in every league. He's he's uh he's volume underrated and skills overrated. But the end at the end of the day, he was a good contributor, multi-position, and he does he fills the categories for you. Ian Happ's gotten hot. Lourdes Goriel. Oh, he's he's rostered now in 88%. I mean, Adam Duvall is still available in 33% of ESPN standard leagues. He might literally lead the National League in RBI this season. That's and he's important. already at 33 home runs. How is he still available? Um, just amazing to me how that's happening. Batting so, average, Marlins exposure. That's the only theory I'd have on that. One. I love this. Yes, Monty Grandal is the top most added catcher right now. What a we Have you seen his numbers this season? Yep. That's the weirdest season. I, I He has a 24% walk rate. Okay, mm-hmm. he's only had he only has 285 PA. He's not going to even qualify for the batting title, but he also yeah. has 19 home runs. So he's still a, a viable catcher in fantasy. Let me see where he is in the player rater. But his batting average can't hurt you. He's only batted like 220 times. It, I, I it hurt you if you had him the first if you in the first month where the big story was, hey, he's got a three something on base and he's batting 180. Then he hurt you. But. You're right. He's had a very unusual year. And if you're in anything sabermetric, you're perfectly happy to have him. A lot of walks. I mean, to me, the, there's some unbelievable numbers right now for the season. And Grandal's number 10 among catchers. But Tyler Stevenson's nine. What a weird mm-hmm. season. What Salvador Perez is doing, man, is oh. unbelievable. Yeah. Now, I've got him on my most important teams. And he might set the major league record for most home runs by a, a catcher. By um, a primary catcher. A primary catcher. A primary not, not- not when he was in the lineup designated as a catcher. Right, because he, he's DH'd. But still, if you if you told me before the season that Sal Perez would hit 45 home runs and mm-hmm. play 160 games, I wouldn't abide even close to either one of those things. Yeah. Uh, the record for home runs by a primary catcher is Johnny Bench with 45. Javi Lopez at 43. Um, Sal Perez is now one behind Otani, but he's got the RBI. Everything about – Sal Perez should be the number one catcher off the board in next year's drafts. Yeah, so let's do a little bit he's, of that. Yeah, he's going to have to. And I mean, as you mentioned, DH, that almost suggests that he was only a DH. Not really. I believe it's 110 games. 109, yeah, games of catcher. At yeah. catcher and 30 at DH. And the way the Royals have used him, there's only two times he wasn't in the lineup, came in late in one of the games as a pinch hitter. They have DH'd him and paced it very nicely to give him his rest days then. And I think that that's the Royals' design, having given him that contract. So you look at the historical numbers, guys, primary catcher, and I'm talking primary catcher more than just playing half their team's games. Three guys in history reached 160 total games played as a catcher eligible. Ted Simmons, Hall of Famer, so congrats to Ted Simmons. Johnny Bench, you mentioned Randy Hundley did it in 1968. Perez could get there. And you said the home run record. I mean, he had 28 of those, I think, as a catcher eligible. They they have been really smart with making sure to use him as that half day off and keep him fresh. I worry about how this plays out five years from now, but next year, 
great pick. Great pick. Yeah, I mean, congrats to the new Hall of Famers, Ted Simmons, uh, Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, the family of Marvin Miller. What an accomplishment there for those guys. That was gr- great fun to watch on Wednesday. And you mentioned the DH with Sal Perez. I really hope the designated hitter comes to the National League like, next Me season too. because mm-hmm. I can't stand watching these pitchers flail away. And it's it's not their fault. They don't practice it. But like JT Real Muto, could you make a case that if JT Real Muto plays a third of his games at DH next season or even first base, I mean – he would be a lot more valuable. We want volume. We want him to play more. He's hurt again for the third straight September, and he's just playing through it because the Phillies are kind of contending. But Real Muto has been a disappointment this season. Sal Perez should be the number one catcher off the board next year. But if you added the H, I think that would actually move up some of these catchers in the overall rankings, which I hadn't thought about until 10 seconds ago. If I have Real Muto as a number 110 player next season, but if there's a DH, I might move him up to 90 because he'll play more. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. I agree with you. I hope there's a DH. I, I hope, especially for the Real Muto and the Phillies, that they're probably the team that most needs a DH to come to the National League. They've got eight de- designated hitters on the field every day. So, <laughs> Who's going to play the field? Nobody. Yeah. Bugs uh, Bunny all running around all over the field. DH, DH, DH. Strike one, strike two, strike three. Um, Real Muto, yeah. I think he is one of those specific examples who could benefit from this. My worry with him is, did the Phillies, by using him to the extent they did in the Marlins before that, granted, wear him down a little bit too soon? That Salvador Perez has benefited from having that rest time recovering from the Tommy John surgery, and now he's got all that left in the tank. But the Phillies have used up a lot of Real Muto, so it doesn't matter if they DH him. But it's a, an interesting thought. The two of them could be the unique catchers who are above and beyond, you know, like they're, they're a solid tier ahead of the rest of the pack, makes them primary picks easily in your top 100 overall that's going to be a curious debate during the winter well will smith at the dodgers is having a fantastic that's a 30 home run catcher that's another case of it where if national league teams when they get at dh recognize that the catcher contributes the most with the bat and that you give them their days off at dh that could be a big advantage in fantasy that i like it yeah as you said we're just thinking of this now The top of the player radar is so close right now. Vlad Guerrero just passed Fernando Tatis Jr. And some for, for some reason, the Padres moved Tatis down to fourth in the lineup. That makes no sense. Otani's third. Trey Turner's fourth with all the stolen bases. Starling Marte is fifth. That, they're separated by almost nothing. Uh, Whit Merrifield's right there, too. So it's just amazing to me. And again, at some point, we'll have our fantasy MVP discussion. I mean, Otani and Cedric Mullins. Uh, somebody tweeted out that but Adam I- Wainwright. Uh, Adam Wainwright should be in the conversation for pitchers. Yes. Yeah, another one of your picks late. Mm -hmm. I've got him everywhere. I've got him on all my teams. I'm I'm not saying I knew he was going to do this to this extent, but I thought what he did last season in that two-month period was legit. He's the number 11 pitcher on our player rate, number 11. And if you you take out closers like Liam Hendricks and Iglesias, he's like number eight. It's amazing. Adam Wayne, how do you explain Adam Wainwright? Because he, he wasn't even drafted in ESPN leagues this year. He, or he was like a last-round pick. He was a last-round pick. That's the thing. He's a little in the National League. To uh, He's a little to the National League what Cedric Mullinson's bed to the American League, where even if he wasn't a drafted player in your league, he was picked up almost instantaneously after the season began, and you've reaped the benefits of it. You mentioned him on the show. I mentioned what I saw in him late in spring training. I rostered him in a couple of places, so I'm happy with the results I've been getting, usually in the national, uh, the NL-only leagues. Uh, In spring training, he adjusted to the diminished stuff, and he's mixing his pitches a lot better than he was. And that's making a lot of the difference for him. And he's been a durable guy. I mean, the fact is they don't have to worry about pitch counts. I think that helps. I think he's been prepared to throw a a high number of innings. It would have been nice. It would have been nice if they had removed him after eight innings yesterday and not allowed yeah. him to give up two more runs in the ninth inning. I understand pitch count being what it was, but <laughs> By the as way, soon as a guy got on base, I would have taken him out and gone to Gallegos, who saved it. But You mentioned since we're going into all the facts, you said for the player rate race, the points leaderboard is yeah. not even a close race whatsoever. It's being dominated by Shoei Itani, so I'm going to give you my really neat and geeky stat on him. He has nine players who have more batting fantasy points this year. Do you know how many batters have more than Otani's pitching point? Just his pitching points. As a pitcher, only 44 hitters have had more points than Otani has had as a pitcher. Well, it's, it's it's a historic season. He's yeah. the MVP of the American League. I mean, Vlad Guerrero, Guerrero has future MVP seasons in him. Yeah, um, It's amazing to me, but I, I mean, Otani has to win MVP. I understand the Angels aren't making the playoff. Blue Jays still can, but I mean, how can yeah. it not be Otani? National League, I mean, Tati- I think Tatis. I think Tatis will be the MVP of the National League, don't you? In real I actually life, think, I, I think that the NL MVP could be a very close race. I actually do think that if the Padres don't make the playoffs, 
that's going to work very strongly against Tatis in a close race. I think we're going to get, you know, a couple of voters that swing it by a couple of points in another direction. There's a lot. I mean, Harper's having a monster season. Joey Votto, if the Reds happen to make the playoffs, I guess he would get some votes. Everybody loves Votto. Um, It won't be DeGrom anymore. Um, Dodgers don't really have an MVP candidate, which is weird. Trey Turner's not going to win MVP. And I don't think Max Muncy Max Muncy would be theirs. Yeah, but I, you know, like look at his numbers. I mean, Harper's got this, those numbers. I mean, Juan Soto, but a last place team. Juan yeah. Soto's unbelievable. Soto has been amazing. As a matter of fact, I've been looking at it. Soto is 25th on the player rater, despite the disappointment early on. He's the number two hitter in points. So anything leaning sabermetric, he is a huge, huge. He's pick. the number one pick next year. I think he's number one I in like points it. and Roto over Tatis. Rota's going to be close, but points, yeah, I want I want Soto points, all Points, definitely day. Soto because of the walks. Yeah. But I think even in Roto, I mean, who is safer for batting average and power? And obviously, you know, he's healthy. He well, can run pe- when he wants. People are going to go back and tell you that he disappointed in the early months. But if you look at the numbers at the end of the year, he's probably going to be a top 20 clay rater player. And then when I did my, my research on the, you know, base runners, <laughs> it's amazing. So Soto led the majors in base runners on base for him when he came to the plate uh, the last full season in 2019. Abreu was right behind him. And this season, you know, Abreu is like number two behind Devers. Soto's 30th. Josh Bell is 10th. That's amazing to me. Like, because Soto's on base all the time. So like in fantasy, like when we go into the next season, you should look at guys who are batting behind the stars. Who's batting behind Soto and Harper? Mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds is like fifth in baseball and base runner. So who bats behind him? Right now it's Colin Moran. These guys have value because their guys ahead of them are always on base, whereas mm-hmm. you know the guys ahead of Harper aren't on base. It's a, you know because the Phillies keep butchering their leadoff spot. It's just amazing to me. Like anyway, let's move on. I want to get briefly to Josh Lowe of Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. The reason we didn't lead the show with him is because I I doubt he's in the majors in, <laughs> when yeah. when our next show comes around. But he's a top outfield prospect for Tampa <laughs> Bay. How do they keep doing this? Um, 13th overall pick in 2018, and he debuted yesterday only because Randy Rosarena is on the paternity list. But Lowe had a hit, a walk, a stolen base. The Rays are unbelievable. The Rays lead the majors in runs scored, despite having no like superstar player. Austin Meadows is going to knock in 100 runs, but now they have Cruz. Wander Franco. We'll get to Wander Franco later in the show and yeah. say how much we love him. But Josh Lowe, I assume Josh Lowe is a starting outfielder for them next season, don't you? So where where would you rank him? Because that's a, a five category talent. Yeah, and and. This is a little shades of Kyle Tucker, where he fills the yes. homer and the stolen base categories, uh, has a pretty decent walk rate. The K rate is a little higher than I'd like. I think that could lead to some streakiness. And based on that team and how they manipulate service time, I wonder whether there's going to be some platooning, sending to the minors early, mixing and matching in the early stages before he locks in as a regular for the second half of the year. So I'll say right now, he's. I don't think he's really a top 40 outfielder for me. If I had a promise he'd play, I think he's top 30, maybe even top 25 capable of the position. I, I like the Kyle Tucker comp. That makes a lot of sense. Um, by the way, from earlier, the bizarre ground all season, that was the Minoso fan who tweeted that. And then I can't remember who tweeted Adam Wainwright. Oh, Ryan Malloy tweeted that. So let's give them credit. Um, the latest on Trout and DeGrom. I, do you see, like, do you see a pathway to them playing? There's only three weeks left of the season. Like, I don't understand, like, why the Angels – I guess the Angels don't want to disappoint their fans, but, like, Trout, Trout's not playing. Why would they even risk that? And same with the Mets and DeGrom. Yes, they're still contending, but update for you. Would you drop them right now? I did drop DeGrom in one of my key leagues head-to-head. If I had tr- – well, I have Trout and Labor. It doesn't matter if I cut him. I can just leave him on the injured list. But if you're in that position, yeah, I, I would. I, I don't think he's going to play. I, I know that the Angels haven't really provided any information. The lack of information, as you said, the standings do come into play. Their best case scenario is they get him just a couple of games for reps for next year. There's no point in pushing it. The DeGrom thing drives me up a wall. I, I don't like the mixed messages, the inconsistent bounce back and forth between these updates on him. And what was it, a week ago we had this this – heightened promise that he might come back for a start or two at the end of the regular season. And now I'm genuinely worried about ranking him for next year. I really am. I, I, I see no path to him being my number one pitcher next year. No, I mean path. how the Mets admitted that he has a torn UCL that healed itself. Really? Partially, How'd you yeah. do that Mets? That's yeah, amazing. I, mean, I, I remember, look, we went through the Masahiro Tanaka thing. Believe me. I, I remember following that very closely and Tanaka did. That's about as extraordinary a comeback from that as I think you have a right to ask. Do you think Tanaka was what he was before the partial tear? I don't. I don't think he was 100% after that. I think it's a good time to trade away DeGrom in a, in a dynasty league, if you still can. If you can. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned now that something's torn in that elbow. 
Anytime a pitcher has a, a flexor strain or something like that, I'm always Max concerned. The velocity that guy, the velocity was can't up throw 100 year. miles per hour without something happening. I mean, it just seems like. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's you know hyperbole. Um, let's move it along now. Time for the combo meals. Tristan sings. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal. Home run plus steal. These players were making moves earlier this week and making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. I'm a little disappointed in you, Tristan, because on the last show, which was a week ago, when I filmed you, even though I'm on a computer screen, I filmed you dancing around. You didn't do the pointing thing. You didn't dance around that much. You knew you were being video recorded. And thus, you did not act the way you normally do, dancing around, singing your song. So I'm, I'm going to need to do that again. And I can't hide it because I'm on the screen with you. So <laughs> Stage fright, man. That's all it is. Maybe it is. Um, we've got two, <laughs> only two combo meals in the past week. Um, so Teoscar Hernandez, who's awesome, by the way, of Toronto, his third of the season, even though he only has like 12 steals. And then Juan Soto, also his third of the season. Also, not a ton of steals, but... Man, Tasker is Tasker Hernandez a top ten outfielder now? Like the numbers support that he is. I think he's in the player radar. He's a top ten outfielder. Let me make sure of that. Yeah, I think he could. And that was the guy where the the plate approach reminds me a little of JD Martinez, and he made a star of himself. I don't know that uh, Teoscar will ever hit for quite the same average year over year as JD did. But how about this? Like, how so he he's the number seven. He's right there with Juan Soto now. This is a little bit unfair. The player raider just gives so much. Marte and Whit Merrifield's stolen bases are so amazing that that they move mm-hmm. ahead of like Harper yeah. and Soto and Castellano. So I, I don't really view it that way because I think the player, I, I think the points leagues would be a, a better thing to view it as opposed to the player raider. But anyway, Teoscar's awesome. Juan Soto's awesome. Do you uh, do you want the weekend ones? There were a couple more over the weekend. Yeah, the, what else uh, What else so happened over the weekend? September 12th, Juan Soto had another combo meal. <laughs> uh, so did Charlie Blackman. And then on the 5th, five players did it. Matt Duffy, Brian Reynolds, Cedric Mullins, Javier Baez, and Kevin Pillar. Yeah, I knew Mullins had done it. And Mullins, since then, has homered a couple times. It's unbelievable. Charlie Blackman's kind of interesting. Um, you know, he used to be a big base dealer. And now, I think, does he even have, like... Five. No, he has three steals and 13 home runs. What an awful season for a course field outfielder. And he's yeah. played every day, 131 games. Yeah. And he's got 269, 13, and three steals. My yeah. goodness. For a healthy guy. Now, when we do our bust of the season, which we'll mm-hmm. do at some point, even though it's a negative thing. I mean, it's obviously going to be laden with guys who are, who are hurt. Mike Trout's probably the bust of the season, frankly. First round pick, he played 30 games. He and Montessi are the bust of the season. And I'm sure we'll find others. In Trout's case, because, and you had mentioned this as much as anybody, that the lessons of the previous injuries cautioned you on what to expect, and he fell short of it by a substantial margin. Right, and he's not a first-round pick for next year. You can't average 110 games over like a five-year period and still be a first-round pick. Anybody else in baseball, you know, would have been well out of our top 10. Trout's awesome, but he doesn't play enough. His point here is, yes. His path to it is that he comes back in spring training 100% day one, tears it up during the Cactus League. I see no other path than that. I mean, I don't see how I could take Trout over Freddie Freeman next year. And Freddie Freeman feels like the 10th, 12th pick overall. Devers is right there. These guys are durable. Mm -hmm. Trout's not durable. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what was the point I was trying to make? I don't even remember now. Um, I Damn, what was the point? (laughs) It was somebody you were talking about. Um, and was now I forgot all- Blackman. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, I mean, the Blackman's not even a top hundred player anymore. Um, so forget about him. I just mm. like, what a disappointment for, for, for a guy, we have to do two bus lists An overall that has the, uh, the obvious guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like Bieber would be on their trout. Bieber and trout are about the same. And then uh, one for guys who just played all season. Like how, how does Charlie Blackman play 145, 150 games and end up with like 16 home runs and four stolen bases. In course Actually, field. I, I know one who's going to stand out ahead of Blackman even plays the same position. <laughs> same who? position has had some peak years like Christian Yelich. Well, he did miss like two months. Yelich did. He did, but this has been a pretty disastrous year for what you paid. For. Let me ask you, Tristan, would you rather have the rest of the year Frank Schwindel <laughs> or Christian Yelich? <laughs> I can't How believe- about both? 
know, Yelich, I watched that series against uh, the Phillies and Brewers, and he got a bunch of singles. I mean, he he has he can't drive the ball. Where are you gonna rank him next year? Like that's a yeah. back injury that could easily prop pop up again. Yeah. I don't know. Are you like people are gonna say, how can you not have Yelich in your top hundred? Here's how he's not hitting for power the past two seasons. Something's wrong with him. Not like he's not exactly stealing bases either. I, I'm sure Yelich will end up in my top hundred, but I don't want him. Do you? He's- He's an absolutely critical to monitoring monitor during spring training player. That's simply all he is. All right. Time to make you sing again. It's the closer carousel. It's the closer carousel. And it's brought to you by Tristan singing, which is awesome. Um, Rowan wick is the Cubs closer. We talked about it. I think on the last show, Edwin Diaz, man, sometimes you watch him and you're like, it's like watching Mitch Williams. Like, you know, just, you just know something bad's going to happen, but he's obviously the Mets closer. They're not taking him out of the role. It's not like they have anybody dominant to put into the role, but man, I don't want to rank Edwin Diaz well for next season. Like, I just don't want any part of this. Mm-hmm. Like he can be great. Yeah. He's not great. <laughs> and he, and he's, and he's on a pathway to what Kimber was the past two seasons. He's he's a little like the modern Armando Benitez. The numbers are encouraging at year's end, but it's really frustrating to have him when he they're, they're nights he comes out. He just doesn't have it. Wouldn't you can't you make the case next season for Jordan Romano over Edwin Diaz if they're both closers? If Romano Romano has to be Toronto's closer now. You you can make the case, certainly. Um and Giovanni Gallego, same thing, if he's the closer. If he's the closer, yep, yep. And as a matter of fact, I'm more I'm I'm much more tempted to put Gallegos ahead of Romano in that race. Of why? What's wrong with Romano? Do you? It, it's I go for K percentage. I, I simply go for swings and misses when I'm trying to differentiate between these guys. And I feel like Gallegos is a little bit better raw stuff than misses bats. Where are you going to rank Melanson next year? He's going to lead the majors in saves this year, but you know he's not a big strikeout guy. And you know who knows where he'll end up. But- yeah, I, you know what worries me about Melanson is just that's a bullpen that has other pieces. I don't like competition when you're talking about guys who aren't, you know, elite arms at the back end of a bullpen. He's a very good pitcher, but he's not, you know, 30 plus K percent. Did Nelson Lamette closer next year? Didn't we hint at that on the last show? <laughs> I can I see know. it. Um, <laughs> situations. Let's see if there's anybody being added that makes sense here. Arizona, no. Baltimore, no. Boston, we both wrote about Garrett Whitlock this week. Nice communication between us there. I think he's the closer, even though he didn't get the save. It was Hansel Robles, of all people, who's been terrible for Boston. Wick's available in a bunch of leagues. He's still the Cubs' main closer, we think. Uh, Michael he's Gibbons, the all, Reds. He's all the opportunities. It's, it seems pretty clear to me it's him. But what a bad outing for Carlos Estevez this week. And now they go on the road um, to Philadelphia, where they'll probably take three out of four from a contending team. Um, I hate to be negative, but I see that happening. Any other situations? Colomay, bunch of saves for the Twins. Just keeps getting them. I wrote yeah, that Andrew he, Chafin is is Oakland's closer, and I th- I think that might be reasonable at this point because it's not Trevino. It's not Trevino because the injury took him off that path. Uh, it's a little Oakland is the AL's version of the Alex Reyes out in St. Louis thing. Uh, I'm with you on Chafin just based on best stuff, best choice, based on going with the uh, the live arm there. The other is in St. Louis, whether there's any transition out of Gallegos with that one struggling outing. There was a mention in the St. Louis papers about Luis Garcia who threw, oh. what was it, 17 That's... in a row shutout innings? Which Really? The other Luis Garcia, the older guy? No, there Philly? is no such thing as the other Luis Garcia. There are four Luis Garcias. <laughs> well, there's a lot of others. There are which four Lu- of which them. Luis Garcia is this? This is the journeyman reliever yeah, who's been Phil. everywhere. He was with the Yankees, I think, during spring training as a non-roster invitee this year. <laughs> he is but, on a dominant run. I mean, basically, he hasn't allowed a home run. He was a longtime Philly relief pitcher. Career area is 414. If you want to take Gallegos out of the role for this guy, Cardinals, good luck. You're not making the playoffs either. But it um, illustrates the, the chasing today for saves if you are going to the market. Guess, All my leagues are going to should direction. be Gallegos. And the other thing to watch here is I bet I bet Ryan Presley hits the injured list today, tomorrow. And Kendall Graveman is the closer. Presley's clearly hurt. It's a back injury, right? I know. And yep. and then yesterday he was just awful. Or, or the day before. Yep. I don't know which days or which. Two, but two like, days ago, I think it was. Yeah. And Graveman has barely pitches. I dropped him in a league because he was barely pitching. Raven had a bad game in a tie situation three, four days ago, if I recall. You know, Seattle got a lot of bunk for that trade, but it's, you know, makes sense. All right, let's mm-hmm. take a look at the schedule here and look at the weekend and what's going on. 
Uh, light schedule on Thursday. Uh, first game has already started. Oh, Tony Gonson's off the injured list. I would not have activated him for that. Um, but who knows what other people will do. <laughs> Mix and match um, guy throws onto the pile all right. in LA. Uh, he's on the most added list. High up there. Carlos Hernandez of the Royals. He's at Baltimore. On Baltimore had a nine-run eighth inning yesterday. I, I don't think I want to use Carlos Hernandez, but would you? I, I don't feel like at Baltimore is that premium a matchup either. Oh. I've been told that by by a couple friends out there who, who wanted advice on a pickup. And I'm like, at Baltimore? Mm, nah. Baltimore hits. They hit. Look at the uh, line. Look at what's on paper. It's not as bad a team, bad. and it's not a good ballpark to be in. You want Carlos Hernandez at home. I don't want him at all. Uh, well, Phillies are going to trot out Ranger Suarez against the Rockies today, rain permitting. Mm-hmm. And Suarez is fine. His ERA is great. He just doesn't go deep into games. Yeah. Um. So just be careful there. And and the Phillies are a heckle and jide. Heckle and jide. Jekyll and Hyde team. Oh, my God. Did I just say that? Um. I just said heckle and jide. Yes, I did. I'm tired. What can I do? Oh, right. only those drops were being made nowadays. Me and the hatch, <laughs> me and the hatch browns. I said heckle and giant. I just said it for a third time. Uh, fr- and by the way, Friday in Philadelphia, Herman Marquez has not been very good since uh, the 1st of August. His ERA is over seven. And this is a road game, but he's just been bad. It's almost like he's tired. Would you use Herman Marquez against Harper and nothing else in Philadelphia? And it really is nothing else. No. Oh, yeah. I don't feel good about anything starting pitching nowadays. I'm just being perfectly frank with you. I, I head to head leagues. This, this is just kind of a nightmare. I'm, I'm putting together forecaster notes and realizing that all the, that, that a good number of the contributors, probably a sixth of the overall contributors in the top 40 have injury questions going into next week. And I feel a little like that's making Marquez propped up in the rankings. That's why I look at the forecaster. He's ranked higher than I thought he was because there's just nothing else. But no, you know, I don't feel it'd good. Be nice. I, I feel like somebody should tell the Phillies that if you don't want Bryce Harper to continue to get walked, maybe don't bat an aging left fielder with a 185 batting average against right-handed pitching yeah. right after Harper. Do you Brad really Miller. think anybody would rather pitch to Bryce Harper than Andrew McCutcheon? Andrew McCutcheon is horrendous against right-handed pitching. Bat they're Brad batting Miller a- there. Brad Miller, come on. Brad anybody there. Bet Travis Jankowski there. You're literally batting your worst hitter against right-handed pitching right after Bryce Harper. And they don't know. They, how do they not know? How does mm-hmm. nobody there not know? Yeah. I'm beside myself. I'm not literally, because then that would be something else. But I'm 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 Jekyll and hiding it, people. All right. <laughs> what else on Friday? Uh, I, I keep getting mad because this team actually could have won the division. Yeah. But there's lists of like smarter choices bullpen, roster management, you know, vaccinations, but even the lineup or the fifth starter stuff. Like, it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable how bad they had to, the, the amount of times I've had to shovel the lineup around for the forecaster grades. I, yeah, I do not get the lead off oh. strategies on that team. I don't not get any of the strategies on this team. That's why I have to uh, watch. Um, interesting stuff on Friday. Adrian Hauser threw a three hit shutout in his last yes. outing. He's at Cleveland. Yes. Good match. Shut out something like that. Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray might end up as the most valuable pitcher in fantasy baseball. Max Scherzer's number one among starting pitchers in the player radar. Robbie Ray is getting close. Robbie Ray's Boulder. path to the American League Cy Young is now wide open. It is absolutely wide open. Because of because, Cole's injury. Well, also because of Cole's performance to some degree. Robbie Ray's but, having a better season than Gary Cole. They're they're close if you look at some of the advanced metrics on it, but the fact that Cole could now miss a start or more and maybe is not a hundred percent playoffs, dude. You know, like they could. Oh, I know. I've been Toronto is really good, and Toronto's at Baltimore this weekend. I know. So the Yankees are not safe to make the playoffs. Yankees did Um, not play well at all against Toronto. That was an extremely disappointing series. I benched. Speaking of disappointment, I benched Kyle Hendricks in a weekly this week, home against the Giants. I thought it was the right move, you know, the way he's so, been pitching lately. Yeah, it's a home San Francisco. Not great. Uh-huh. But a, a high ERA this season, lower walk rate than normal. Like it's somehow this season, it came apart a little bit for Kyle Hendricks. He had a horrible start to the year. He was amazing for the middle two-month chunk he of was. it. Now he's back yeah. to being struggling. And by the way, to, to illustrate how poor he's pitching lately, at Philly next Thursday is in the forecaster uh, ranks. It is a bottom 40 starting pitching ranking. Based on the projection. Yeah, I'm gonna leave him on my bench. Um, I have him in a league where I can't bench him, but man, I mean, like, I'm not gonna drop him either. 
but I, I don't think he's a good keeper anymore. It's just it, you knew at some point this was going to come apart. It's just it's weird. His streaks. Uh, Josiah Gray of Washington is at Pittsburgh on Friday. I would not use him. Like I just the way he's pitching right now, the home runs are just too many. He's and, got a cakewalk schedule. He's got Miami after that. But you're right. I mean, he's there's some work to do. He's in the adjustment period. Saturday, uh, Gosman's at Wrigley Field. That should go well for him. One would think. Uh, Zach Wheeler against the Rockies. That's pretty good. Um, anything reach out to you and grab you? Luis Garcia is still, still starting for Houston. He's at home against the Otanis. So what's going to reach out and grab me? Uh, oh, geez. I can't Abra take a Eliza Hernandez at Atlanta. I can't do it. I, li- I, I like him. Don't like the matchup. Mm. Good for Charlie Morton. Gets another 20 mil for next season to stay with yeah. Atlanta. Smart yeah. Move for him. Indeed. Don't, why, why mess around with the, the market? Especially if you don't sign before December when there is no market anymore. Because they're not settling this before New Year's Eve. Um, oh, Chris Flexen at home against Arizona. I actually that's who I activated. Yeah, that's a good one. That Kyle Hendricks for this week. He's at home against Arizona. Oh, good. Ooh, good the work. Battle of New York. How about that? Corey Kluber at yeah. Corey Kluber at the Mets. You can't use him, can you? You can't. No. You can't recommend him. Eh, no, I can't. No, wasn't impressed in the Baltimore outing. Wasn't impressed. I mean, I just don't know what the upside is there for him for the rest of the season I, there, or next year. See, Kluber, I feel today is where he was the week or two before the no hitter, where he had a couple of good outings, and then he had that, and then all of a sudden it just dried up. That that feels like Kluber to me. You get one, two useful to great outings, but you have no idea when they're coming. Also, we should remember that Saturday is September 11th. Please remember. Uh, Sunday is September 12th and the ESPN has the battle of New York, Jamison Tyone and Carlos Carrasco. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. I mean, don't Carrasco. feel good about it either. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, obviously if you're going to take one, you got to use Tyone. Um, Carrasco has not been good since coming back. Blake Snell is at Dodger stadium. So let me ask you this. We've talked about Snell quite a bit on the show and I've never been a fan, but you know, he was perfect through like six or seven innings in his last outing, yeah. but it's at Dodger stadium against Scherzer. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see – I mean, Scherzer's going to be great. He's great every outing now. He's motivated. He's healthy. Yeah. Might well be the Cy Young now. Scherzer could win Cy Young. Easily could win Cy Young. He's Blake Snell, a, though. Are you using him at Dodger Stadium? I, I don't feel good about the matchup, but yeah, you, you kind of – he's been amazing lately. Since – in the past, past – what is it? Six weeks, I believe it is. His, he's got an area in the range of two. Tons of strikeouts. You, you can't sit him just because of that. It's pitching way too well. Hate that matchup, though. I, you can, you can I wanted sit to get Aaron Nola, four fifty ERA. I know it's the Rockies on the road, and nobody would sit Aaron Nola. But, no, not against Colorado at home. But, Come on. but Tristan, like, look at Aaron Nola's numbers. Yeah, even lately, they're terrible. And look at his September's the last couple of years. Okay, so so well, then you don't you don't like either. Like, player, if you're so. sitting Kyle Hendricks, you can sit Aaron Nola. I understand one's better than the other, and Nola gets a lot of strikeouts, but. If you want, he has a 4.57 ERA this season. Yeah, it's terrible. Colorado is on the road. Just yeah, it's the best bad. matchup you can get. It's just I'm trying just to find bad. his last quality start. It was four starts ago. That's his only quality start in his last ten. That's what I mean. All the all the quote trustworthy players aren't trustworthy players on the pitching side anymore. Uh, I guess that's about it. Um, anything else? Anybody else? Bailey Ober. A lot of people I see are adding him. He's at home against Kansas City, but I don't think you want. It's to not that. a bad matchup. I mean, if you're desperate on a on a Sunday, Would you use I Bailey Ober over this. Aaron Nola? No, but again, I could make you the the Schwindel Yelich argument here for Bailey Ober over Aaron Nola on Sunday, pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, you could, you could. I mean, it's a 4.57 ERA. And we're five plus months into the season. It's, it's all oh. of a sudden going to go down. It's not. I'll throw you the one from the streaming pile. Taylor Hearns pitched pretty decently. He's got the Oakland game on the road. <sighs> I know. I don't feel great about him skill set. He's a little <laughs> bit too pitched to contact, but that's the same I'd idea. Use, I would use Logan Webb over Aaron Nola at this point. That's for sure. Well, I mean, I think everyone would. Logan Webb's great. Uh, I bet a lot of people wouldn't. Let's bring in really? our friend Kyle. Logan Webb's been one of the best pitchers in the second half. He's been tremendous. He should be rostered everywhere. He probably is not. Kyle, let's get to trivia and hash browns, if you please. Yeah, I got you covered. I want to know if you guys can name for me the top three infielders and slugging percentage since the All-Star break. Infielders? Infielders. Got to be infielders. Outfielders, after like two days, got to... uh, Catchers don't count as infield, right? You don't do that weird thing. 
they're not in I wouldn't consider them infielders, but there's no catchers up there. Okay, good. All right, so we got some hash browns here. Taylor wants to know how high are you ranking Wander next season? Ranking Wander is going to be something I'm going to have to get better at saying. Man, Wander Franco is such a talent. And, you know, I, I might have been telling people, like, don't expect ma- massive numbers this season. I regret that. He is so composed. Now, he's not hitting, like, Wander, first of all, he gets on base literally every game for the past month and a half. He's on base. And he's already he's got, the, second he's got the year's longest. Uh, he's got the year's longest streak of on base, if I'm not mistaken. But give me next season the home run and stolen base totals. I think you see what I'm getting at. If right. Wander Franco is a 20 homer, eight steal guy, even batting 300 with 100 runs, we can't rank him in the top three rounds. But is he a is he a 20 more than that? Is he better than that? I mean, look at his numbers. I mean, you tell me he's 20. He's 20. Right. Yeah. And I, I, How can I want to draft Kyle Tucker over Wander Franco. Give me a pathway to that. Kyle Tucker is more proven in terms of the homers and steals right now. I think not by a lot, but it's, he's not a better player. No, no, he's well. Wander Franco is like maybe the next Juan Soto. Yeah. You, when you say better player, are you talking about the better player today and tomorrow? Or are you talking about the better player for the course of a long period of time, their career, for example? If no. You can still get Wander Franco in a dynasty. He is like Juan Soto. You're not getting That's... him in a dynasty. You're not. You won't be I don't getting know who him. would trade him away. Right. I told, you last, year, I told you last year I, I was trading three expiring Nelson Cruises to the guy at Wander Franco for only Wander Franco. He was in second place, needed him, finished in second because he didn't make the deal. And I completely understood why he turned it down. No one's trading Wander Franco. Is Would you take Wander Franco over Alex Bregman next year? Roto. Redraft? Redraft. All redraft because in keepers he's he's a top five talent. Keeper. I I I wouldn't. I just I don't think the power grade is quite going to be there yet. But I see your point here. Okay. Like you you uh, you would. But he's going to get he's going to get overdrafted then to some degree because he's going in round three or four next year. Wander? Yeah, I don't know about to. that. I don't I mean, know I, about that. I'm not saying we'll rank him that way. You mean AJ? He's, gonna he's go- going to go there. Everybody loves this guy. He's going to be the guy who in the NFBC drafts at the first pitch conference goes like 20th overall because yeah. because that group loves to aggressively draft these players and i get it there's a reason for it happening but the rational number is 45th to 60th don't you think overall i think it is but i think i'm going to rank them better than that i i really think i'm going to rank them in my 30s i do three times out of four that blows up in your face and the fourth time you yeah, look Yeah, but it's not going to blow up in your face. It's, it's, it, it, Said it, the Vlad people two years in a row. Yeah, and then look what happened. I mean, this year. He, so the third time's the charm. We're playing that game? I don't want to compare him to Vlad. I, I, I think there's amazing upside here. And I don't, think, I don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same situation as Vlad. I see where you're getting at, and you you could do that with a million players. What's what's different? As a matter of fact, I, I would have argued that Vlad is a more play discipline appeal- and and middle infield play discipline feels nothing in the roto categories. No, but it tells me he's not going to bat two fifty. So you want to build it around batting average? That's the concern. I want to now. build it around a five category monster. I think that give me those Vlad stats. was never going to steal bases. Give me the so stats for Wander next year, even if. First of all, for his pace right now, okay, mm-hmm. it's 20 homers and 10 steals with yeah. 290 and 80 runs. It's 282, so it's not 290. All right, so 282. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if he just does 282 with 20 and 10, that wouldn't be worth a, the number 35 pick. But I also think there's a very large chance. I think when Vlad, fa- when Vlad failed in 2019, I don't think that tells us that Wander's going to fail in 2022. No, but it's the example of the blue chip prospect that can't miss being drafted too aggressively and you're leaving profit potential on the table. All right. So, so you rank him 60. I rank him 40. I think that's, that's I not, I don't yeah. think I'm, and I, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm defi- definitely wrong. I think no. we could, you know, go, he's not Frank Schwindel. I'm just saying like, I think there's something there here where this is a, a top player. Right. 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 I, th- I think there's going to be a contingent of people who draft him as if he's a top 25 overall player. 
And as we, the information we have today, I think that's going to be a mistake. The projections say not to get too aggressive about these players. If you, if you looked at the Zips three-year projection, next year they have 263, 14 homers, 10 stolen bases. That's out of 126 games. 10 for 21 on stolen base chances. Ah, what does Zips know? If he hits 263, though, you're in trouble. Forget the 10 for 21. 263 would be yeah, a problem. Right, and that's how much Vlad fell beneath the expectations that year. It was by a significant margin. No, that's, I, that's I, all fair. The, the worst is here. I <laughs> I just want to give you the big hug and say I want to be completely on board with this optimist's approach. I love Wander Franco. I think he's going to be an amazing player. But don't it could be Juan brain... Soto in two years too. He could. That, as a matter of fact, Juan Soto is the other side of it. That yeah, next year he could beat a fantasy what Juan Soto was in that first year in the majors. I'm going to go with that angle. Next, would be a good conversation to have as we uh, approach the season, Brandon is on bye this week, and as the semi is coming up, he wants to know in a head-to-head league how he should be spending the time off. How should he be preparing his roster? Oh, I would sit on my hammock and get some rays. <laughs> That's why I said setting his roster. I knew that was going to be the answer. I had to hedge the question with an actual baseball question. I mean, I'm not happy it's raining today. I can't go outside. Uh, Well, you, you, you say, Tristan, what would you do? I mean, obviously, every bench spot should be used for next week. I mean, pick up guys who are hot. Even guys like Schwindel, just to make sure that your opponent can't. Yep. That's something I definitely do. Yep. I'm looking at matchups for next week. I have a head-to-head league where it's my last week of the regular season, and I actually added Lamont Wade, and it's a small league. Like, you only have, like, seven active hitters. I I activated Lamont Wade and Belt off of waivers because they were at Coors, and now they're at Wrigley. Terrible pitching. And I thought, okay, this is going to work out, and I'm off to a good start so far. So look at the matchups. Are the Rockies at home? You know, and the what Rockies we next week, I think, is the last major home stand. Is it? Let's see. Nope, nope. Next week, they're still on the road. Um, so hurt your opponents, help yourself. That would be what I'd say. Don't waste a single roster spot, period. Make sure everyone is maximized. Uh, and beyond that, that's just broad strategy. If volume of pitching matters, that comes into the start caps, yeah. innings caps for your matchup. Two start pitchers weekly versus daily lock. If any of that comes into play, make sure you have your starting pitching assignments lined up before your opponent does. That was my next question. Like, how how early do you try to target the two start pitchers? Because if he did it now, or when he asked the question a few days ago, like everything changes between two. But you don't want to be too late. You don't want to be the last guy. So is it like a Saturday night kind of thing? Saturday night's too late. Too it's got to be like by today. Whoever pitches Wednesday is pitching next Monday in a lot yeah. of cases. You know, Wainwright's a two-star guy next week. See if he's available. He can't be available. But, like, Zach Gallon might be available or one of the starts is at Dodger Stadium. Dean Scafani's a two-star guy. I mean, Oda Rizzi, who's, you know, complaining about his usage, but if he can give him five decent innings, two runs, he should win at Texas on Monday. He might yeah. be available in your That's home Arizona next. So those are two good matchups for him. Yeah. And, and you, know, you know, because he complained, maybe they'll leave him in for another 20, 20 pitches. I'll give I'll give you another example here. People were stuck in spots letting go of injured players. We mentioned DeGrom before. Clayton Kershaw is due back on Monday. It is conceivable there's a league shallow enough that Clayton Kershaw had to be let go. Even if you don't intend to use him for what's aligned for a two-start week, yeah. you want to make let sure you be. prevent your opponent from doing it. So add him, put him in your injured spot, and make sure he gets beyond the lineup lock so you can't have him used against you. Good stuff. That's why we go to you. That's the strategy he needs. Brandon is going to win his league. Craig wants to know if we see Bobby Witt at all this season and wants to know where he ranks in both redraft and keeper formats for next year. I mean, do you want to have the same Bobby Witt argument we just did on Wander Franco? I mean, do you think he's going to hit 262? I, you know, I think I think Bobby Witt is the opening day third baseman for Kansas City next spring. Montessi at short. Nicky Lopez at second. I don't know what to do with their lineup. But I think Bobby Witt opens next season at third base. And I'm going to predict something similar to Wander, except, you know, more steals. Like, that's a 20, 25 home run guy right away. I think there's batting average risk with Witt that there isn't with Franco. But he's going to steal bases. If, if you told me Bobby Witt ended up 25, 25, 250 next season, I'd buy that. I don't see any chance we see him this year at this point. It's just a shame. That. It's a damn shame. But what are you going to do? Uh, and hard. There's no room. To, they have to play Mondesi. <laughs> and that might be the case on opening day next year because I want to. The heart wants to give you the big hug and say I love it, 
And the brain says, I can see some service time manipulation. He doesn't give you the full 162 games on the schedule and takes a little time to get acclimated to the majors, kind of like Wander Franco did. And at the end of the year, you overpaid for him. I don't see him. I don't see a top 100 right now. I I, I would agree with you. I would not rank Witt top 100 right now, whereas I have Franco like 40. But Bobby Witt, I mean, I want to get him in the middle yeah. rounds next season. You won't. That's a star. This, and that's the problem. You won't. You you're not getting him. You're you're paying seventieth overall to get. You'd him. have to, yeah. You'd have to take him in the seventh or eighth round if you're doing an right. early draft in the offseason. In a redraft league, whose ADP do you think will be more palatable, him or Wander? Next year. In redraft, yeah. Like, who do you think you're more likely to end up with at cost? Franco. Probably Franco, but if I have to take him in round. It depends. Like, like look, if I'm sitting there in a draft in mid-March and it's Wander versus like who's an established, like a Goldschmidt or Aronada established star, mm-hmm. it'd be really tough to avoid the established star. But like, I, I believe in Franco too. By the way, major difference between the two, Franco will be a number two or three hitter. I know it's not Wait, a good Wick ballpark. We could be six or seventh. We could be six or seventh and he's in a really terrible power ballpark. So is, so is Franco, but six, seventh in that ballpark. Yeah, no. I agree. All right. Last question here comes from Chip. He wants you to compare and contrast the NL central third baseman moving forward in Hayes and India. So India will go into next year as a second base only, I believe. And man, he should win rookie of the year, Jonathan India. What a great season he's had. Um, Scoring runs, lots of power. Great year. I did not expect that from Jonathan India. I I don't want to say I avoided him, but I just, I just didn't buy it. Um, And the Reds told us this was going to happen. They were going to move Suarez the short. I mean, man, I mean, you could take India over Suarez next year. Suarez cannot hit for average anymore. Cabrian Hayes, man, the two Pennsylvania third basemen, two of my biggest busts of the season. I have a league where I protected Alec Bohm and Cabrian Hayes. I got nothing out of these guys. Nothing. They're not even protectable in this league for next year. Hayes is leading off now for Pittsburgh. What that tells me is they don't think he's going to hit for much power. That's what that tells me. That's I, don't, the I don't think he is. That's not his game. Yeah, but I thought 20 home runs. I thought like 18 to 22 home runs was re- legitimate for Cabrian Hayes this season. I think it's still he hit double digits. I think it still huh? is going forward, but I think that could end up being his ultimate ceiling. You don't see too many third basemen with this profile. No, but I think he could be he could be the inverse of Matt Chapman where he went funneling everything into hitting for power, sacrifice, and the batting average. He could be more contact line drive oriented better batting average less power but amazing defense too by the way matt chapman saved his season he's got double digit homers in the last like 30 days he's gonna end up with like 32 33 home runs i would say next season though don't you have to take india over hayes india is clearly cincinnati's leadoff hitter he has more power yeah i mean better lineup i mean vado with his 35 home runs batting right behind him castellanos India's got that professional history of 375 or better on base percentage. So I agree. Yeah. He locks into that number one spot. I So I have a lot of shares of him. And I remember what I said on the show that I didn't think he'd, ha- he'd be that star kind of player. I look at this line and I don't say that that doesn't look like a massive star, but it amounted to a very good fantasy season. Does he exceed that? Probably not, but he's probably within range of it. I think he's he's the know what you get kind of guy. Yeah, this might be the best. He's the number 11 second baseman on the full season player rater. So he's still behind Baez and Brandon Lau. But, man, it's a great season. Got a rookie. Great season. Right. Yeah. With you there, Art, we'll circle back to trivia here. Top three infielders in slugging percentage since the All-Star break. Who you got? Certainly Votto. Votto's number one. He's an easy one. Wow, thank you. Dim- diminish my achievement. Of course, you get them all right. I'm going to diminish you until you get all three, three for three. So you only get three guesses. Tristan, however many you need. Oh gosh. I mean, can I keep guessing until? Yes, yeah, so I'm off? thinking. I'm thinking out. Like I had, a, I had a whole bunch of outfielders for this. I mean, one. certainly CJ Crone's obvious. CJ Crone is number three. Who's number two? Tristan, you're going to guess any yeah, names, or you want me to guess all three? Eric, you're banned from guessing right now. <laughs> oh boy. Boy, oh boy. The first guy I was thinking of was Hunter Renfro as an outfit. Freddie Galvis. No, it's probably not. Freddie Galvis. Oh, yes, I'm <laughs> sure he's qualified. <laughs> I have two yeses here, but I'll Bro. wait for Tristan to give it. Tristan gets at least one first. I I mean, his slugging percentage wouldn't be up there, but Ozzy Albies is at a pretty decent second half. 
Has he's been so hot? But no, he's probably his teammate. His teammate Austin Riley is more. I guess is he ranks fourth. All right, really? he's eleven points behind the guy you're trying to catch here. Not Freeman. Freeman's been great too, hasn't he? Not Freeman. Yeah, I don't think so. Infielders is what's throwing me here. All right, I'm giving Tristan a clue. Eric, you can't listen. This guy's team is currently tied for last place in this division. I already know who it is. I already yeah, know who it is. That's why you can't listen. Well, I heard it. <laughs> Tristan gets 15 seconds. Uh, I mean, we're live here. I mean, at some point, we got to cut Yeah, the- just go and We're go not and get- live. It's, it's literally a recorded I'm thinking, podcast. I'm, my mind is locked <laughs> in afterwards and Salvi Perez. So you three, I mean, let Eric do it. He gets all the team gives it away. I mean, it's, you know. Whatever. Tristan's unhappy. All right, if you're unhappy, you, know, you, you can have a minute. No, what? Tyler and Aldis talk football. Seriously, I'm not. Starts I'm, today, by the way, people. Listen to the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. It's a it's great fun. Kyle's there live oh, yeah. every day, and he that one is you, live. That one actually is live. That one actually is live. They don't let us be live because we make curse or something. I'm just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the one they're worried about. Uh, uh, we're geez. definitely the one they worry about. Uh, Tristan, you got anything? If not, we'll go to Eric for his. Let him uh, guess it. He's he's the master of these. Yeah, smug answer here. What do you got? It's definitely Jorge Polanco. It's definitely Jorge Polanco. Good work, Mister Carabo. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Where's Schwindel on that list? Jorge, seriously, Jorge Polanco. Well, it's infield. Six forty-seven. Where's Renfro on the overall list? Renfro's um, a great year. He's hit righties too. Yeah. Pull that up. Real the two quick. things that struck me stat wise were Renfro and the fact that they're batting him second off against right handed pitchers. The other was uh, who's the dude is uh, Mike Zanino is one homer behind Nelson Cruz. <laughs> and Eric, you mentioned Zanino. It's I, 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 he's one homer behind Nelson Cruz. Great season for Zanino. Renfro's 11th among all players. Okay. Yeah. I did not. I, that's a guy who did not hit right handed pitching in San Diego yeah. and he's made adjustments. Yeah. And now he's a, and he's obviously a great what an arm. Yeah. You know, he ended that game, you know, against Joey Wendell the other day. But all right. Um, we're running out of weekends here, Tristan. So any advice you can give fantasy baseball managers? Obviously, you're either in your fantasy playoffs and head to head or you're starting it next week. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's pretty interesting stuff. And then on a roto, I have a roto league where at the top of the standings, man, like the three teams just keep keep changing hands like the, mm-hmm. the lead. It's just it's so exciting. What's happening in this league? And every time Adam Wainwright pitches, I move up. I've got that in my AL only league. Uh, five teams are within roughly five points of first place. We've exchanged the first place team three different times over the past 10 days, which, <laughs> I mean, is pretty extraordinary to me. Uh, for planning purposes, the early look forecaster-wise, next week's a weird week. I mentioned that about the Aces not being promised to start or absent or having not so great matchups. Lots of teams going six-man rotation. The Texas Rangers look like they might be going seven-man rotation. No course field games. And it's kind of weird who have some of the hitting uh, advantages on that side. So just be really careful. Next week could be a make-or-break year where unexpected happenings uh, are, are afoot in, in uh, the head-to-heads. All right, that's Tristan H. Cockroft. The H stands for happy. He's the best in the biz. So is Kyle Soppy. Very versatile fellow, that Kyle Soppy. I'm Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball has been presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Please have an awesome and safe weekend.